This December 16th and 17th, Northwest Valley Baptist Church presents A Walk Through Christmas, a special night of fun and excitement for all ages. Come and see the live nativity scene with animals and narration. Listen to live Christmas music and caroling while enjoying hot chocolate and coffee. Take part in crafts for kids and explore our candy cane forest. Take a complimentary family picture at one of our photo booths. Get your free tickets at walkthroughchristmas.org or go to Eventbrite and search Walk Through Christmas. God's plan from the foundation of the world is mercy. God extends mercy to the just and the unjust alike. We saw that in the Apostle Paul's sermon at Lystra. We see all the time these extensions of God's mercy over and over and over again. I'm Celeste Montague. Welcome to Dare to Stand a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, featuring the teaching of senior pastor Dr. Kevin Shaw. Dare to Stand is on the radio to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who will listen, to carefully teach the truth of God's Word, and to encourage a healthy lifestyle of worshiping and honoring God. For more details about Dare to Stand or the ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church, please visit www.daretostand.org or call the church at 623-581-3115. You can receive a free MP3 copy of today's message or the entire series in MP3 format for a small fee by contacting the church. We continue our study of the life of Elisha, the prophet, who took the mantle of the role of prophet of God after Elijah. And today we bring you part three of a message titled, Desperation and Deliverance. We are in 2 Kings chapters 6 and 7, and we've been talking about the desperation that Israel was experiencing at this time. Let's listen as Dr. Shaw picks things up now by talking about the deliverance of God which is miraculous. Here's our teacher, Dr. Kevin Shaw. This is God's plan to deliver this nation. So, but remember something about deliverance here. This deliverance that is God's plan is God's unimaginable plan. Then the Lord, on whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God, By this time, it seems the king had arrived, and so the king is involved with this entire conversation. And so you have the right-hand man to the king. He answered the man of God, and he said, Behold, if the Lord Jehovah would make windows in heaven, might this be... Have you ever heard the term windows of heaven? Here it is in this passage of Scripture. If he made windows in heaven and just dropped stuff from the sky... You know, he said, he said, and he said, behold, could this thing possibly be? See, the, this plan, the idea of this happening to this city in this particular moment, I want you to understand what would happen in a city. You, you had around the city farmland. And you had this around Samaria. 
But as the people go into the city, they take all of their resources with them into the city. Now, there, there, are, there are a lot of reasons for that. They take all of the grain, they take everything that they can into the city. There are reasons for that. That'll help them to survive, but they, don't also, they also don't want to leave anything outside on which the armies of the enemy can feast. But as the siege goes on, they have to make harder and harder decisions. First of all, they start eating the grain. And, when the, and the animals that are there for meat... Uh, but then you have to, they have to start making decisions about, okay, what else are we going to use for food? And then they start eating the animals that are there for reproductive purposes. Because you have the animals that were there for meat, but the, you also have those ideal animals that you intend to carry on the stock lines. And, and so then you start eating those, and then there are the animals that are basically the pets... And you have the grain, and, and then you come to this, they come to this moment, and it's this moment of no return. And this is what's happened, because when, when you're in an agricultural society and you have your grain, you have to keep back a portion of the grain every year for what? For seed to plant for the next year. And if you don't keep it back a portion of that grain for seed, then what happens? If you could possibly win, you could possibly be delivered, and the, uh, the army leaves, you're still going to starve because you have nothing with which to plant your fields. Well, this is the moment of desperation that they're in. Even if they are delivered from the city, there's still nothing to eat. The, the people are still going to starve. There seem to be absolutely no way out of this situation, they'd eaten the grain, they'd eaten the seed grain, they'd eaten the, the meat, they'd eaten the, the preserved stock, and they had gotten to these desperate circumstances. And it wasn't sarcasm. This Lord says this. He was just describing the circumstances from a human perspective. Deliverance is God's, it's an unimaginable plan. And there are times in life we face the need for unimaginable deliverance. And that's, uh, by the way, that's where we are when we need salvation, right? We're in this desperate, we have no resources with which we can solve our problem. There is no hope. There is no hope beyond this life. There is no hope for forgiveness of sins. We can't fix our children. We can't fix our grandchildren. We can't fix everything around us. We can't even fix ourselves. And yet God has this unimaginable plan for deliverance. In fact, the unimaginable plan of the gospel itself, the, the fact that it's, we can't imagine a free gift of salvation. We, we can't imagine simply asking and being forgiven. It seems like we, we have to pay for it somehow. And yet, deliverance is God's unimaginable plan. But remember, it's, it is for those who will receive it. It is for those that will believe it. And you notice the response of this Lord. He said, Behold, this is the prophet Speaking to the doubting Lord, he says, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but not eat thereof. You're going to see it happen. 
You'll watch it. Tomorrow, you'll watch it, but you won't partake of it. It's a sad thing to watch God's deliverance, to see God's deliverance in the, in the lives of others, to watch God transform lives, to watch God meet God, the, the needs of others, to sit, maybe even grow up in a church and watch all of that and never own it for yourself. Never possess it for yourself. You see, but pastor, that can't possibly happen. It doesn't happen that people would grow up in church and hear the gospel and, and, and hear it all of their lives and just and watch it happen to everybody else, but never truly, it's not their own. And yet, I could ask for testimonies right now, and there are folks in this room who could stand and talk about years, decades of watching others and not possessing it themselves. Deliverance is for those that will receive and withheld for those that will not. Deliverance is easy for God. We get introduced to some other people in this story. It's fascinating, these people. Verse 3. And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate. And they said to one another, why, why sit we here until we die? You think about these guys. They have leprosy. They're dying anyway. And they're inside the city. You know, they're, they're at the gate, the potential of going out, in or out of the city. And the people in the city, they're, they're doubly dying. And honestly, one of the worst ways in all the world to die is die of starvation. So, you know, they're sitting and they're talking with one another and they've already lost, you know, they've dealt for years with the idea of no hope. And they've already lost relations and, and all of those. And they say, you know, why, why should we sit here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we'll die also. Now, therefore, come, let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we'll die. But, but we'll die. And so they go marching into the camp of the Syrians. They rose up in the twilight to go, it's, it, you know, it's just getting dark, to go into the camp of the Syrians. And, and when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp, you know, they're just the, the far fringes of the camp of the Syrians, behold, there's no one there. Now, can, can you see them? I don't know if they did this back in those days. I imagine it's sort of a universal sign of surrender. Hello? Hello? No answer. Stuff's laying around. No answer. You know, they, they hesitatingly peek into one of the tents. Hello? No one there. Dr. Shaw will be right back with what happens next as these outcasts from Israel peep into the camp of their enemy with nothing to lose. And it's deserted. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church. And part three today of a message titled, Desperation and Deliverance. As we continue a study of the life and times of Elisha the prophet. Visit daretostand.org to find out more about Dr. Shaw's church or this radio program. Many in our community are struggling with addiction. 
Here's Dr. Shaw to talk about an addiction recovery ministry at his church called Freedom That Lasts. Hello, this is Kevin Shaw. Are you or someone you know dealing with the agony of an addiction? You cannot change what you do until you let God change who you are. Freedom That Lasts is a discipleship ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church that applies the life-transforming principles of the gospel and Christian growth to the problems of life-dominating sins and addictions. All of this happens in an atmosphere of love and accountability. If you would like to know more information about this important ministry, give us a call at 623-581-3115 or visit our website at daretostand.org. Go to the homepage and click the Discipleship Connections button. Thanks, Dr. Shaw. If you would like more details about the addiction recovery ministry called Freedom That Lasts, please contact Northwest Valley Baptist Church at 623-581-3115. And now, let's get back to Dr. Shaw as he continues to describe the handful of lepers who go into the camp of their enemy to surrender, and they discover that everyone is gone. They walk a little bit further into the city, or into the camp. There's no one there. It's really difficult to surrender to no one. And so, and so for the Lord, now here's what happened. And this is the answer to this question. For the Lord had made the host of Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said to one another, Lo, the king of Israel has hired us, hired against us kings of the Hittites and kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. They're sitting in the camp. This is what happened. They're sitting in the camp. All of a sudden, noise of horses, noise of chariots. It sounds like this huge army. And they think to them, themselves, what? The Hittites. Incredibly ferocious army. The, the Egyptians, one of the great empires of the day, with, with tremendous armies. And, and the panic starts to spread among the Syrians. And so what do they do? They drop everything. They leave everything. And they leave. Wherefore they arose and they fled in the twilight and they left their tents and their horses and their asses. They left their horses. It's amazing. People, people do really strange things when they panic. You know the story just recently about the, the boys, the Thai soccer team that was trapped in the cave one of the cave rescuers was talking about the difficulty of rescuing and cave diving. He said, he said one, of the, one of the difficulties is when you're, you have to plan for your air. And you, when, you're, when a third of your air is gone, you have to be heading back. If you wait till half of it's gone, you're dead. Because you can't just go up. You, you have to be able to get, get out. And he said, and the moment, the moment you start to realize, and this is what happened, the moment you start to realize you're going to be short on air, you panic. And he says, once people panic, they lose all sense of, of common sense. I mean, they just, they, they run on, like the, like the Syrians here, they go running on foot. They don't even bother to get on the horse. They leave their weapons. They leave their food. They leave everything. And they just go. And so they arose and they fled in the twilight, left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and they fled for their life. And when the lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went one tent and 
So they go into a tent and they, they're really hungry. And there's nobody around. And so they dig in. And they start eating and drinking. And all, I mean, their, their fortunes have turned in a moment. But, but notice something here. What did God have to do to deliver? The God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who spoke the universe into existence, all he had to do was to make them hear something they didn't, that didn't actually exist. We forget how great our God is. You know, deliverance is easy for God. But good news is the mandatory message for the delivered. Let's take a look. So they said one to another, we do not well this day, verse 9. They're eating and drinking for a while. They say, we do not well. There's good tidings. This is a day of good tidings. This is good news. The army is gone. All this food is out here. There are people, there are people starving on the other side of the wall. And look at all this right here. Isn't this, this is just such a picture. It's, you can't, you can't, it's just so obvious, the, the, the parallels to salvation. I don't know if that's how God intended in the Old Testament, but it's, the illustration is just so, it just fits so well. I mean, here they are, starving on the other side of the wall, fearing for their lives, and all they have to do is come out and eat. J- just come out. And so they said, if we, if we hold our peace, if we tarry till the morning light, certainly some mischief is going to come. If, if we wait, God's going to judge us for that. Now, therefore, come that we might go. We're going to go tell the king's household. So they came outside of the city, and they shout unto the porter of the city, the person that is standing keeping the wall. And so they shout unto the porter of the city, and they say, good tidings. Uh, Let's see, uh, 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 verse 10. And they told them, saying, we came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there's nobody there. There's no, not even the voice of a man, but horses tied and asses tied. And the, and the tents were there as they were. And he called the porters, and they told it the king's household with the inn. And the king rose in the night, and he said unto his servants, I will now show you uh, what the kings, what the Syrians have done to us. They, they know that we're hungry. Therefore, they've gone out to the camp to hide themselves in the field, saying, when they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive. Here's what they said. It's a trap. It, do, you know, do you know how many people have gone to hell, humanly speaking? Because they thought salvation, the good news of the gospel, was too easy. It's a trap. If I just depend upon grace alone, then I'll miss out on all the good works that I have to do. And, if I do, and then if I don't do all of those good works, then I'm in trouble. It's a trap. One of the servants, verse 13, answered and he said, Let some take, I pray thee, five horses that remain. I can't believe that there were still five horses alive in the city, which are left in the city. Behold, there is the multitude of Israel that are left it. it, it behold, I say there even is all the multitude of Israel that are consumed. The horses were starving too. And let us send and see. And they took therefore two chariots of horses. Two chariot horses. Now they, came. they said, let's take five horses. The king gives them four. Probably was wanted to save that other one for dinner. Um, and they took therefore two chariot horses. And the king sent after the host of the Syrians, saying, Go and see. And they went after out of them unto Jordan, and lo, 
all the way. I mean, they followed. So they went after, and then they watched, and, and they followed the tracks of the Syrians as they left, and all the way to the Jordan River, which is miles and miles away, um, the Syrians had cast away in their haste. So as, as the Syrians left, they're throwing stuff, lightening the load, and they saw this trail of junk that the, the Syrians left aside on the way. And we became convinced it was true. And the messengers returned and told the king, and the people went out and spoiled the tents of the Syrians. So a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley were sold for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. Here they are, no hope, and just outside the wall, free for the taking was complete deliverance. Desperation inside. And we saw the depth of desperation inside. And outside, deliverance free for the taking. But notice the good news. And that's the good news. By the way, it's the good news of the gospel. We tell people, isn't it? It's, it's here. It's free for the taking. Accept the good news of the gospel by faith. It is not of works, lest any man should boast. It is the gift of God. We are all desperate people in desperate need of deliverance from the only one who can deliver us, God. Dr. Shaw will be back with closing thoughts in a moment. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, where our teacher, Dr. Kevin Shaw, serves as senior pastor. Northwest Valley Baptist Church is located at 4030 West Yorkshire Drive in Glendale. That's just south of the 101 at 40th Avenue. Come visit our new worship center. Sunday worship service is at 930 a.m., Adult Bible studies and Sunday school for all ages are at 11 a.m. and Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. Child care is provided for all services. Wednesday evening activities include prayer meetings, children's and teens programs. Northwest Valley Baptist Church also offers a quality traditional Christian education for your children, grades K-12, through at Arrowhead Christian Academy. Located right on the church property at 40th Avenue and Yorkshire Drive. For more details about the church, kids' programs, this radio broadcast, or to register your kids for Arrowhead Christian Academy, please visit www.daretostand.org or call 623-581-3115. If Dr. Shaw's teaching is a blessing to you, we do encourage you to visit daretostand.org. Consider supporting this radio ministry with a tax-deductible donation of any amount. Your donations help to keep Dr. Shaw on the air. We would love to give you free copies of Pastor Shaw's teaching and minister to you personally. So please call Northwest Valley Baptist Church today, 623-581-3115, and let us serve you in any way we can. You're always welcome to visit Sunday morning services at 9.30 or Sunday evening discipleship at 6 p.m. Don't forget, Dare to Stand airs Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. on this same radio station. 
I'm Celeste Montague, inviting you to join us next time for more in our study of the life of Elisha the prophet. Now, here's Dr. Shaw with some closing thoughts on God's deliverance and how to receive it. Join us for more next time, right here on Dare to Stand. Remember that, Lord? The king appointed the Lord on whose hand he leaned. The one, remember, we talked about him earlier in the chapter. The king appointed the Lord on whose hand he leaned to have the charge of the gate. You watch the gate, but as the people ran through the gate to get out to the food, he saw it, but he was trampled and killed. Now here's the message for us. We have a responsibility like those lepers to declare to desperate people the deliverance that only God can give.